we've had church. Open, open your Bibles to Matthew 6, verse 9. Um, a lot of stuff I can't cover in, in today, so I will send out two links to uh, two different messages that kind of deal with how, what, why, um, what about uh, parts of forgiveness. So, whatever. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. King James, yours the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is God's word, and it's true, and this is God's prayer. Okay? The heart of Jesus, the the heart of God is for his hearers to inherit eternal life. Okay, that that's what Jesus is doing. The teaching of Jesus, especially in the Sermon on the Mount, especially Matthew five, six and seven is framed the way it is framed so that his hearers will inherit eternal life. Okay, and that's what I want to say to you every Sunday too. like we're doing what we're doing. So you inherit eternal life and not a lake of fire like that's. Okay, so this is how the sermon begins. This is how it starts. Like You want the kingdom of God, okay? You want to walk into the kingdom of God. You choose a poor spirit. You mourn. You choose meekness. You hunger and you thirst for righteousness. You make peace with people. You rejoice and be glad when you are reviled, when you are persecuted. Jesus says that's how you inherit the kingdom of God. That's what it means to live as salt and light in this day. That's what it means for Jesus to fulfill and carry out and make known the law and the prophets. This is what it looks like. So don't hate. So kill lust in your heart. Turn your other cheek. Love your enemy. Don't lie. Don't bear false witness. Don't don't make um, uh, wild oaths. And don't practice your righteousness for reward now. Practice it for reward then. And when you pray, pray to your Father who sees in secret. Pray to your Father who's seated at the height of the heavens, governing and ruling over all creation. Pray that he would vindicate his name on the last day and make good on every promise that he's ever made. Okay? Pray that way to inherit eternal life. Cry out. Pray for his kingdom to come. Pray Maranatha and and ask for the day when his will is done on earth as it is in heaven everywhere okay so in light of that day when he does that when he vindicates his name when his will is done on earth as it is in heaven when his kingdom comes in light of that day ask for bread today okay reese did a fantastic job just unpacking that for us this week one we asked for bread to make it to that day like actual food and clothes and 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 all the stuff we need and if we have food and if we have clothes paul says we'll be content in this age because we know in the age to come we got lots of food Lots of clothes, okay? And you guys who farm, it just comes up. It just does it. Your cattle just all work. Yeah, I was walking by Nadine's house uh, last week, and there's just a dead cow just giving birth. Half, half, cows, halfway in, halfway out, dead. And my first thought was, wow, that's what that smell is, okay? Because I was walking, I was like, oh my gosh, this is... And, and then second, my second thought was, that won't happen in the age to come. The cattle go leaping from their stall and eat them later. So we ask God for physical 
God, I need bread to get through today. And then also spiritual sustenance. God, you have to keep my heart alive in love today so that I can get to that day. So I walk faithfully. So I need bread today. I need bread tomorrow. Like I need this living bread that you have to give. Give us this bread always, Lord, so I can make it to that day. So we can inherit eternal life as sons. So we have strength for the journey. So we have sustenance to walk a narrow path. That's the purpose of daily bread, okay? Do you see that the gas for Jesus' discipleship car is eschatology? It's the end. You need bread today so you get there. You need to live this way now so you can inherit eternal life. Then eschatology, whatever you think's happening at the end, that drives your discipleship now. Okay? So you've heard the phrase, people who are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. That is so stupid. None of us are heavenly minded enough. You know what I mean? No one's thinking about heaven and eternal life and new heaven and new earth and the restoration of all things too much. I promise. Okay? Like, it's, it's not happening. It's not you. That person doesn't exist. Because if we did, if we really lived for that day in this day, guys, we'd look a lot different. So we cry out for mercy all the time. You're going to live now based on what you think is going to happen then. And so the next petition in the Lord's Prayer is no different from all the others. In order to receive eternal life, to receive the resurrection of the dead, to, to receive the kingdom of God on the earth, world with it. And Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive others their trespasses and sins against you, your heavenly Father on that day will forgive you, right? And if you don't forgive others in this age, he's not going to give forgive you at the day of the Lord. Is that clear? Eschatology drives your discipleship now. I'm forgiving others now so that at the day of the Lord, when I cry out for mercy, when I see him, he's going to forgive me too. Okay, so this is extremely practical and it's very important that we get this right as, as believers, as, as Christian life church, that we get this right, that we get the forgiveness of God burned and branded onto our hearts where we live as disciples so full of the fear of the Lord and his day, okay? Trembling before the Lord, trembling before his day, and so full of the joy of the Lord, of being forgiven in light of that day, that our knee-jerk reaction is always forgiveness. Always. Where the day of the Lord is so real that any time any offense or wrongdoing is done to us, we forgive like that because we are so heavenly minded. We are lots of earthly good. That's the point. So I want to do this in, in three points first. Jesus will punish sin. Okay? Jesus will punish sin. Second, Jesus will forgive sin. And third, disciples of Jesus forgive sin. Okay? So let's look at the practical reasoning for this prayer first, right? Pray this way, Father, forgive us. Why has he got to tell us that? Because we sin. <laughs> right? Duh. Okay? We need forgiveness because in the gospel story... Starts in Genesis 1, in the gospel story, we've sinned, we've rebelled against God, okay? Humanity has done real damage to real things and real people which have real value and we owe our creator for that, right? Our father who's in the heavens, it's all his. Every, like the whole bit is his and we've done damage, real damage to real people and real things that God deemed valuable because he created them. Does that make sense? He made this and we trashed it. 
And we continue to trash it. God made these things. Our Father in heaven made all these things to flourish and grow and be beautiful and cover the earth. Right? Starts in the garden. Where's it supposed to go? Glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Like that's that's the plan. And in our rebellion against God, we've damaged those things. All of them. And, and the worst offense to God, but the second worst offense to God's image bearers, right? Every time we, we sin, we also rip apart people. And in our rebellion, after that, we get marital strife, right? Husband and wife, they have kids. The older then kills the younger. Their kids start worshiping demons and fraternizing with demons and, and choosing to govern themselves rather than being governed by God, right? That, that's what's going on with the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, okay? They say, God, you know, we know you said this, and, and you have knowledge of good and evil. Your way is best. We want to try it and do it ourselves. How does that work? Well, we're all dying, okay? That, that's what's going on. We've damaged what God has made good. And so as the governor and the, the Lord over the heavens and the earth, as the sovereign, the Lord will dispense damages according to the damage done, Okay? We were chopping down trees yesterday, and my neighbors moved both their cars. And if I, they wouldn't have moved their cars, guess who would have had damages to pay? Right? <laughs> and it would have been a government vehicle, too, so double. <laughs> okay? Damages would have been paid. And this event, according in, in, in the biblical timeline and story, this event where God makes good on the damages owed that, that humanity owes to him is called the Day of the Lord. Okay? Starts with, with Enoch, right? Seven generations from Adam has this vision of the heavens opening and the Lord descending with 10,000 angels. Like, that's back in Genesis, guys. And that theme gets picked up in Abraham and in Moses, really clearly in Moses. And, and the prophets pick this thing up. There is a day coming, burning like an oven, when the Lord will come and make good on the debt that is owed. And so one of the most horrific things that's happened to the gospel message, especially in the West, is the softening of God's right wrath on our sin, okay? God's wrath, God's anger, God's fury against what we have done is good, and it's right, and it's real, okay? It, it, like, it's real. There's a real day where the Lord will crack the sky and make good on his promise to punish, so rather than a God who sweeps our debt under the carpet and laughs about it and giggles about it, Scripture paints a different story. Okay, So we're just going to blow through the Old Testament here. Psalm 62, for you repay to all according to their work. Psalm 94, O God of vengeance, shine forth, rise up, O judge of the earth, to repay the proud for what they deserve. At the day of the Lord, the whole earth will hear Isaiah 66, the sound of the Lord. The sound of the Lord, like he has a sound when he comes rendering recompense to his enemies. Isaiah 3, woe to the wicked, disasters upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. The day of the Lord is, Isaiah 61, a day of vengeance of our God. Isaiah 34, for the Lord has a day of vengeance, a year of recompense for the cause of Zion. That's a longer, bigger story. Isaiah 35, behold, your God will come with vengeance. He will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He's wearing 
Isaiah 59 says he's wearing garments of vengeance for clothing, and he will repay according to their deeds, fury to his enemies, and retribution to his foes. Isaiah 63. So Isaiah 63, uh, Isaiah's having this vision of the Lord, and he, and he sees this, this guy coming, he's not sure who it is, and his garments are red. And so Isaiah asks him, he's like, hey, why are your garments all red? And the, and the guy answers him. We, we find out later, this is the Son of Man. This is Jesus. The guy answered, my garments are stained red because I've just trodden the nations as a wine press. I, I've smashed my enemies under my feet, and this is their blood. Isaiah 63, I stomped them in my anger. I trampled them down in my rage, for I looked forward to the day of vengeance, and then payback time arrived. I looked, there was no one to help me. I was shocked because there was no one offering support. So my right arm accomplished deliverance. Who's the arm of the Lord, right? The Messiah. He's the appointed one, anointed one to do this day. My right arm accomplished deliverance. My raging anger drove me on. I trampled the nations in my anger. I made them drunk in my rage. I splashed their blood on the ground. Jeremiah, for the Lord is a God of recompense. He will fully repay. So if you have a debt, which you do, you've sinned against God. You've sinned against God. He didn't forget. He's coming for it. He's going to make do. If I drop the branch on my neighbor's car, he's going to make do. The Lord, he doesn't change, right? And this is this is the message of Hebrews, right? He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And his day, his unchanging day, is based on his unchanging law. Exodus 21, you shall pay. Life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. And because we don't like that, I don't like that, we put on our Marcion hat and say, well, that's the Old Testament God of wrath. Okay? And Jesus is the God of love and grace, and there's so many things wrong with that. Um, Namely, it's just wrong. So let's see what hippie happy Jesus has to say. Revelation 22, Behold, I'm coming soon, and I'm bringing my recompense with me to pay each one for what he has done. This is after the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. This is what he's doing when he returns. He says, I'm coming to, to bring my recompense with me. Right? You guys have seen Tombstone. I'm coming. Hell's coming with me. If you haven't seen Tombstone, don't worry about it. All right? That's what he's doing. Matthew 16, the Son of Man is going to come with his angels, just like Enoch saw, just like Jude saw. He's going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then, when he comes, he will repay each person according to what he has done. At the day of the Lord. Okay? At his day, man gets 6,000 years, God gets a day. At his day, the wicked receive, Romans 6, the wages of their sin, the debt, the payment, time to pay up. They will go away, Matthew 25, into eternal punishment. Second Thessalonians, they will suffer the eternal punishment of destruction away from the presence of the Lord, away from the glory of his might, when, when he comes on that day. On that day, to be glorified in his saints, okay? Now, is this because God's a jerk? No. Second Peter says, their destruction, the destruction of the wicked who owe this debt to God, their destruction is their reward for what they have done. God is good and right and true and just. God is bringing in a new heaven and new earth, and you're not going to come in and wreck this one, Okay? 
He's being good. If there is a, a robber in my house, it is good to remove that person from my house to protect the house and see her. Does that make sense? This is what Jesus is doing in banishing wickedness from the earth. Romans 2 verse 5. On the day of wrath, on his day, he will repay according to each one's deeds. Protestants, that's in your Bible. Okay? This, like, that's not like a, a whatever Roman Catholic. That's in your Bible. On that day of wrath, he will repay according to each one's deeds to those who by patiently doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality. He's going to give them eternal life. While those who are self-seeking and who do not obey the truth but wickedness, there will be wrath and fury. Okay? The day of the Lord is simple. It's simple. Mankind owes a debt and that debt is going to be paid. And so this is very bad news. It's horrible news. It's like there's nothing, there's no worse news than this, okay? And obviously, this is bad news for bad guys, right? Like you're reading this, like Adolf Hitler should worry about the day of the Lord. Like he he should tremble and shake and quake in his in his boots, right? Drug dealers should should fear the day of the Lord. And the bill that comes due on that day, okay? Abusers of women and children should fear the day of the Lord, okay? Like, they they should cry and scream and and tremble that this day is coming and the bill that's coming due at that day. But the shock of the Sermon on the Mount is not for Adolf Hitler and drug dealers and abusers. The shock of the Sermon on the Mount, what Jesus is driving at, is that the day of the Lord's coming for you. That's what he says. He's talking to to people who are like, oh yeah, that's all bad. And Jesus turns it and says, yeah, I'm talking to you guys. Whitewash tombs. Okay, you clean the outside of the cup, but the inside is, is disgusting. I'm talking about you. The day of the Lord comes for all men. Do you hate? Do you lie? Does your right eye cause you to sin? Your right hand cause you to sin? Guys, the, the day of the Lord is not just coming for Hitler. The day of the Lord is for you, and it is for me, because, Romans 3, all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Okay? There's no... (laughs) There's no escape for us. All of us deserve punishment, and none of us deserve forgiveness. All right? That is... That is the truth of the scripture is God has a day when he will call to account the debt of sin owed to him for wrecking his stuff. For not only dropping the branch on the vehicle, but peeing on it and throwing eggs on it and flipping them off when he comes home. The most vile things we can do to God, we have done. And we continue to do. And and this is the story of mankind. We're not progressively getting better, guys. Humans are just as evil today as they were in Genesis 3. And now we have more toys to be evil with. So that's first. But point two, and the reason that we're here today and the reason that we sing and dance and clap and laugh and eat and enjoy each other and life is that while it is certain that Jesus will punish sin, it's also certain that Jesus will forgive sin. Okay? And if anything I read previous to this is real in your heart and your mind, this is the best news in the world. You know what I mean? Like, we deserve the day of wrath. But Jesus promises to forgive and not hold those things to our account. God, like, it's real. And if it's, like, if it's not, we're just wasting our time. 
There's no reason to be here. There's no reason to give your time and your money and your life to love people and serve people and gather and worship the Lord if this is just like, oh, my... Read my daily devotional this morning, walked into church this morning, going to go do whatever. If it's not real, I don't care. But it's real. The day of the Lord's coming. And and he's actually going to forgive us on the day. Really, like actually, okay, God who is holy and just and righteous and true is at the same time full of compassion and mercy and love. And forgiveness. Okay? I'm a, a fallen, depraved human. So I can only hold one of those things in my heart at a time. Right? I can either be hateful or forgiving. God's just like, yep. I've got all these things in me. God has been this way forever. Okay? God has always been this way. And it's seen most clearly in Jesus. Right? So at the time, uh, the disciples didn't understand what's going on. It comes crystal clear to them. Later, Jesus foretells how he's going to make the forgiveness of sins happen by explaining it at at the Last Supper. Matthew 26, this is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many for what? Forgiveness of your sins, okay? Talking to... uh, Let's stop there. Forgiveness of your sins, okay? Then, after the cross... After the resurrection, Jesus, I don't know if he's got a disguise on or they're just really dull. I don't know what's going on. He teaches the men on the road to Emmaus, Luke 24. It's written, right? You guys heard this in Moses. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You guys should know this. It's written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance for what? For the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed to all the nations in his name. So that's the message that the risen Lord gives to these disciples. What do they do? Book of Acts, right? Here's the marching orders. Here's them filling out those orders. Peter stands up, Acts 10. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And so this is the message that we've been given, right? Like the message has not changed from the first century to now. This is still our message. To Jesus, who's seated at the Father's right hand, ascended to to his hand because he's the one worthy to do that, who lived a life that's worth that. In his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. That's what we tell people. And that's how, that's, how, that's how we live. That's what Peter preached, and that's what we preach. It's the message we're given, okay? We're responsible for infecting what God made good, all right? And, and uh, no one else, right? Like, just take the blame for your sin, okay? Your, your life makes more sense, and, and things go better for you at the day of the Lord, okay? Our sin did this. We have a debt against God, a debt against God's world that we cannot make right, okay? Like, no no amount of of do-gooding is going to overturn the truck's damaged, okay? The the highway patrolman car is smashed. I can't fix it. We're bankrupt before the Lord, and therefore, we are deserving of punishment, and our only hope is that our sin be forgiven. Our only hope is that it be taken off of our account and put somewhere else. And Jesus died on the cross for this, for this to be, okay? At the cross, Romans 5.8 is happening. It's happening. Like in real time and space, Romans 5.8 is happening uh, while we were still sinners at the right time. Christ died for us. On the cross, Ephesians 1.8 is happening. And in Him, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. 
That's happening. Like real time and space, Jesus is, is, is accomplishing uh, forgiveness for our sins. And so in repentance and in faith, our sins are not held against us. they're not held against us. I'm going to stand before him and and, and say, he's going to list all the stuff I've done. But if if I look at that snake up on the pole, if I see the Son of Man lifted up on the cross and cry out for mercy on that day, the Lord will look at me and say, yeah, justified. (laughs) Inherit eternal life, man. And I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to be shocked, okay? I believe, help my unbelief. I still don't know how I'm going to stand there and he's going to say, justified, except that the mercy and love and kindness of God for me. Okay? That's why we read Psalm 103. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us. And so you, you know, you might hear this, the wrath of God, the forgiveness of God stuff, and say, yeah, not me, Right? God forgives good people. So Paul says, Romans 5, like, yeah, people might die. A good man might might die for a righteous man. But then Paul says, but no one would die for you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, really insulting there. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Jesus will forgive good people, but you don't know me. And so for the adulterers in the room, whether you've broken your your vows to your spouse and to God with your eyes, Unless your, your eyes lingered on a screen for five minutes, f- five seconds, five years, 50 years, okay? Or, or that, that adultery blew, grew, bloomed into uh, full-blown fornication, and you, 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 you ruin your marriage. You, you throw it on the fire in a seedy hotel room while your spouse is home taking care of the kids. To you, to that person, the cross still says, we, in him we have redemption through his blood, and in repentance we see, receive the forgiveness of sins for his name. That's offensive to me. That's offensive to me, that God would do that. God forgives the adulterer. Your spouse takes time, years, maybe decades to forgive, but God forgives and throws your sin into a sea of forgetfulness, removing it as far as the east is from the west for the murderers in the room. Okay, Whether you've hated your brother in your heart, which Jesus deals with for a second, a day, a decade, whatever, or whether that's grown into full-fledged murder. You've actually killed someone. Or you're just being a total idiot. You get behind the wheel drunk and you kill someone. Or you're so scared and you don't know what to do and you've killed a child in an abortion to you. To that person, the cross says, in him we have redemption through his blood and in his name we receive forgiveness for our sins. Okay? Adulterers, murders. I mean, go down the list. God forgives even that. Right? This is not for good people. This is for all people who are all bad. You're all bad, okay? You're, you're all very bad. And Paul says, uh, you know, I am the chief. And we're like, okay. That's who, that's who he died for. This is how God forgives. We're all in the same boat. It was our sin, your sin, my sin that killed Jesus. It was our sin that, that cracked the whip on his back. Our sin that put the, the crown on his head. Our sin that put the nails in his hands. Our sin that, that put him in a tomb. We killed the Son of God. Like that's the most unjust event in the history of the world. 
is that God came to his own and his own didn't receive him. Instead, they killed him. And as we're doing this, right, as, as the whip is cracking, the, the, the crown, the nails, the whole bit, as he's marching up that hill, as this is happening, and they lift him up on the cross and he can't breathe, he prays what? Father, forgive them. They don't, they're, they're idiots. They're just dumb. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so in Jesus, we're able to withstand the day of wrath when it comes, right? When the angel of death passes over the earth and we have blood over our door. <laughs> not our blood. A lamb's blood. Not, it's not ours. We're saved. Like, not... Like, actually saved. Like, physically, literally Angel of death really comes, real blood of Jesus over a real door, and we're actually saved. In Jesus, our sins are forgiven. In Jesus, our debt is not in our account any longer. In Jesus, all of our wrongs are credited to him, and all of his righteousness is accounted to us. And so, I'm pleading with you. I'm sorry I'm yelling so much today, but like... I slept like two hours last night, so maybe just kept waking up and going, ugh, ugh, ugh. And then the alarm actually went off right when I went to sleep. Age to come, guys. We'll sleep like babies. Who sleep well. That's such a dumb phrase. Sorry, parents. (laughs) We'll sleep like really tired adults at the end of the day who just hit their recliner. The reason I, I'm I'm shouting and, and uh, Mary Poppinsing is because if you haven't received the forgiveness of your sins in light of a real day, right? Like there's a heavenly calendar that has this day circled. I can't see it. You can't see it. Jesus says only the Father knows it. That real day is circled and it's real and it's coming for the whole earth. Okay? And... You can be forgiven before that day. What? I want to curse. What is wrong with you? What are you waiting for? Okay? Like, like just pretend we're not at church anymore and I'm, I'm just talking to you. Okay? You can be forgiven of your sins. Really, before a real day of wrath for your sins. And God's fine with it. Like, this is what he wants to do. And so if you have not, if you have not received forgiveness, if you haven't repented of your sins, to God, I, I wrecked your truck, man. I'm sorry. And I'm going to keep doing it probably until you come and give me a new heart and new spirit and raise this fallen body from the dead. Will you forgive me of my sins? If you haven't done that, please do it like right now. Like right now. Like you, we're, we're in a living room now. We're not at church. How you doing? Okay. If you haven't been forgiven of your sins, please don't don't leave today not. Don't do that. Please don't do that. So you can talk to me after. Talk to the, if they're a member of our church, you can talk to them after. You can talk during the prayer time coming up. Like, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Build your house on the rock, not the sand. Okay. Jesus will forgive, will punish sin, 
Jesus will forgive sin. And then third, disciples of Jesus forgive. Okay? He's going to appear in flaming fire. Second, Jesus through his cross is forgiving sin now before that day. So repent of your sin and receive the gift of God. And third, if Jesus forgives sin, then you, me, as disciples of Jesus, we imitate our master. Okay? It's good news to hear about the cross in, in, in our stead, right? That's really good news. No one, everyone hears that and goes, I'm in, right? Worse news when Jesus hanging there says, yeah, you guys are next. You're, you, if you're going to follow me, you're going to carry a cross to forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. There is an onus here on the hearers to not just receive forgiveness from God. Right? Like, that's not the whole story. Just to go, all right, I'm good. Thank you, man. And, and, and move on. The onus is to now forgive others in the same way that God has forgiven you. Which means a cross. The, the, the only proof... Just in this text, the proof that you understand anything about forgiveness and and that you've actually received forgiveness from God is that you actually forgive people. And if you don't, don't say you're a Christian because you're a liar. This is this is what he said. The proof you're a Christian is that you forgive others, that that Jesus went to a tree for you and now you go to a tree for other people. And you forgive them. To truly forgive, to be a disciple of Jesus, means you, like Jesus, are going to have to die. And so, you can die like Jesus, or you can embrace the spirit of the age. Okay, Where, where you are wronged, and then you seek all the different ways to make the perps suffer for what they have done. And you withhold yourself from them, and you use your tongue to tear them apart, and you work to tarnish their reputation with other people. And as you watch them suffer under your wrath, and under your unforgiveness, you might feel good. Okay, I dunked on a kid this morning in class and it felt good because they were being a turd and I was like, I'm 30 and smarter than you. And then I felt really dumb. (laughs) So I guess they won that round. And you don't forgive people and you might feel like they're beginning to pay back some of the debt that they owe. But if you choose that path, if you choose not to forgive You, at the last day, you don't enter the kingdom of God. You enter a lake of fire if you don't forgive. That's as clear as Jesus can be, right? You're you're going to be forgiven as you forgive your debtors. And if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. All right, so what happens to the guy in Matthew 18? We're going to get there um, later. He's forgiven a million dollars. He's like, great. And then another guy owes him 10 and he throws him in prison. What happens? Matthew 18, 32, you wicked servant. The king says, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? Shouldn't you have done that? And in his anger, his master delivered him to the jailers. If you have a King James or an NASB, delivered him to his torturers. Until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you. If you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Guys that's, that's, that's as serious as Jesus can be. So I'm saying don't follow the spirit of the age. If you do on that day you won't hear well done good and faithful servant. You'll hear Matthew 18.32. You wicked servant. I showed mercy to you. You didn't show it to anyone. Instead Imitate your master. 
Instead of imitating the spirit of the age that's just always trying to, to one-up people, even third graders. Instead, imitate your master. And for our master, because that's what he... Master. I, I, I pray with a guy on Mondays. He always calls the Lord master, and it always convicts me. I'm like, oh. Master. For him, it meant temporary suffering. Which means for you, it's going to mean temporary suffering, okay? Nobody, like, no one should ever say forgiveness is this easy bit, okay? And it doesn't, I don't have time for, it doesn't mean, like, you forget and then go right back to the person and be buds and whatever. That's not what it means. It means you forgive in your heart and say, okay, like, they've, they have totally ruined and damaged my entire life. I've done the same to the Lord. The Lord has forgiven me through his cross. I'm going to bear this cross now of forgiveness in this age so I inherit eternal life in the age to come. And it's going to hurt. It's going to feel bloody and sweaty and crying and the whole bit. And I promise you it's worth it to forgive. Forgiveness is a kind of death and it costs you. And if the music team should come up, I'll, I'll close here. Our promise in the scriptures is that if we will die like Jesus, right, what are we doing in baptism? If we will die like Jesus, we will also rise, yeah, live like Jesus, rise like Jesus. So forgiveness is the death that leads to resurrection at the last day. You forgive others in this age, your heavenly Father will forgive you then. So to share, to forgive is to share in Christ's cross. To forgive is to die like Jesus. Forgiveness is blood and it's sweat and it's cross and it's nails and it's a tomb. It's all of those things. But more than any of those death things, forgiveness is resurrection thing. You're going to inherit eternal life if you will forgive in this age and lay down your life and go low and carry a cross. Forgiveness it ensures that like Jesus, though we die, all of you are going to die. All of us. Though we die, we will live. Last scripture, Ephesians 4. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. He's talking to an assembly here, a church here. Let that be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's the best news I have. Like, that's all we got, okay? I know I'm a good dancer, but but I don't have I don't have pyrotechnics or lights or or fog machine. I don't have any of it. I have the gospel, though. I have good news that the day of the Lord's coming, and you can be saved on that day. But you got to forgive others, okay? As God in Christ forgave. You. So let's stand and, and let's pray. Ask God for mercy. Father who's in the heavens. God, we, we um, cry out for mercy. God, and we, we ask you to forgive us our debts. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for dying for our sins, for pouring out your, your blood. God, for the forgiveness of our sins. For Jesus, paying a debt that, that we cannot pay. God, for coming to a people who despised him and rejected him and still died in their place. 
So, Lord, I'm asking, um, we, we pray with the psalmist, God, search us and know us. See if there be any wicked way in us, God. Search us, know us. See if there be any unforgiveness in us, God. And if there is, bring it out, root it out, and show us the cross. Show us our Lord hanging there, crying out, Father, forgive them. God, if there's pride that that would keep us from forgiving others, please smash that, squash that, remove that. God, if there is malice, um, that's that's deserved. We've been hurt. We've been abused. God, if there's malice that's deserved, would you make real to us Paul's words that vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the Lord? God, make the day of wrath real for us. Make the day of the Lord real for us. And make the cross you've given us before that day real. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen. Amen.